Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, <clears throat> wherever you are, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in Hythe, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel, where we've established a little ashram. I call it a BBT enclave because we're mainly doing BBT service here to record Srila uh, Prabhupada's books. The Chaitanya Charitamrita audiobook is just on the verge of being sent to the BBT. It will be momentary, no more than a day or two. And then we will turn our attention to recording the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Um, so here we are, and it's a spiritual atmosphere, and we want to share it, <clears throat> and we want to share Srila Prabhupada's books. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava by Srila Sanatan Goswami explains better than I can <clears throat> why we're doing this. It goes like this Sarva Shastra Dipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvandoditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Barshakshadayate, Sarvadasavasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin, Madguro Man Mahadana, Manistadagamad Bhagya, Mad Anandana Mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchata kada hanamun chagadachin mam premna rit kantayokspuda O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me, always appear in my heart, and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we reached the twelfth chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the birth of Emperor Parikshit. We're starting on text 12. Thereupon, when all the good signs of the zodiac gradually evolved, the heir apparent of Pandu, who would be exactly like him in prowess, took birth. Report. <clears throat> Astrological calculations of stellar influences upon a living being are not suppositions, but are factual, as confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Every living being is controlled by the laws of nature at every minute, just as a citizen is controlled by the influence of the state. The state laws are grossly observed, but the laws of material nature, being subtle 
to our gross understanding cannot be experienced grossly. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita 3.9, every action of life produces another reaction which is binding upon us and only those who are acting on behalf of Yajna, Vishnu, are not bound by the reactions. Our actions are judged by the higher authorities, the agents of the Lord, and thus we are awarded bodies according to our activities. <clears throat> the law of nature is so subtle that every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars, and a living being obtains his working body to fulfill his terms of imprisonment by the manipulation of such astronomical influence. A man's destiny is therefore ascertained by the birth-time constellation of stars, and a factual horoscope is made by a learned astrologer. It is a great science, and misuse of a science does not make it useless. Maharaj Pariksit, or even the Personality of Godhead, appears during certain constellations of good stars, and thus the influence is exerted upon the body thus born at an auspicious moment. The most auspicious constellation of stars takes place during the appearance of the Lord in this material world, and it is specifically called Jayanti, a word not to be abused for any other purposes. Maharaj Pariksit was not only a great Chatri emperor, but also a great devotee of the Lord. Thus, he cannot take his birth at any inauspicious moment. At a, as a proper place and time is selected to receive a respectable personage, so also to receive such a personality of Maharaj Pariksit, who was especially cared for by the Supreme Lord, a suitable moment is chosen when all good stars assemble together to exert their influence upon the king. Thus he took his birth just to be known as the great hero of Srimad Bhagavatam. This suitable arrangement of astral influences is never a creation of man's will, but is the arrangement of the superior management of the agency of the Supreme Lord. Of course, the arrangement is made according to the good or bad deeds of the living being. Herein lies the importance of pious acts performed by the living being. Only by pious acts can one be allowed to get good wealth, good education, and beautiful features. The sanskaras of the school of Sanatan Dharma, man's eternal engagement, are highly suitable for creating an atmosphere for taking advantage of good stellar influences. And therefore, the Garbhadana Sangskara, or the first seedling purificatory process prescribed for the highest, higher castes, is the beginning of all pious acts for receiving a good, pious, and intelligent class of men in human society. There will be peace and prosperity in the world due to good, and sane population only. There is hell and disturbance only because of the unwanted, insane populace addicted to sex indulgence. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 13. King Yudhishthir, who was very satisfied with the birth of Maharaj Prikshit, had learned Brahmanas headed by Domya and Kripa perform the purificatory process of birth and recite auspicious hymns. <clears throat> Purport There is a need for a good and intelligent class of brahmanas who are expert in performing the purificatory processes prescribed in the system of Varnashram Dharma. Unless such purificatory processes are performed, there is no possibility of good population. And in the age of Kali, the population all over the world is of shudra quality or lower, than or lower for want of this purificatory process. It is not possible, however, 
to revive the Vedic process of purification in this age for want of proper facilities and good brahmanas. But there is a Pancharatrika system also recommended for this age. The Pancharatrika system acts on the Shudra class of men, supposedly the population of the Kali Yuga, and it is the prescribed purificatory process suitable for the time to the time and age. Such a purificatory process is allowed only for spiritual upliftment and not for any other purpose. Spiritual upliftment is never conditioned by higher or lower parentage. After the Garbhadana after the Garbhadana some purificatory process, there are certain other sanskaras like Simantonayana, Sadabhakshana, and so on, during the period of pregnancy. And when the child is born, the first purificatory process is Jata Karman. This was performed duly by Maharaj Yudhishthir with the help of good and learned Brahmanas like Domya the royal priest, and Kripacharya, who was not only a priest, but also a great general. Both these learned and perfect priests, assisted by other good brahmanas, were employed by Maharaj Yudhishthir to perform the ceremony. Thus, all the sangskaras, purificatory processes, are not mere formalities or social functions only, but they are for but they are for all practical purposes but they are but they are all for practical purposes and can and can be successfully performed by expert brahmanas like domya and kripa such brahmanas are not only rare but also not available in this age and therefore for the purpose of spiritual upliftment in this fallen age the Goswamis prefer the purificatory processes under Pancharatrika formulas, formulas to the Vedic rites. Kripacharya is the son of the great Rishi Sharadvan and was born in the family of Gotama. The birth is said to be accidental. By chance, the great, the great Rishi Sharadvan met Janapadi, a famous society girl of heaven, and Rishi Sharadvan discharged semen in two parts, one part a male child and by the other part, by one part a male child and by the other part a female child were immediately born as twins. The male child was later on known as Kripa and the female child was known as Kripi. Maharaj Shantanu while engaged in the chase in the jungle, picked up the children and brought them up to the brahminical status by the proper purificatory process. Kripacharya later became a great general like Dronacharya and his sister was married to Dronacharya. Kripacharya later took on the part <clears throat> Kripacharya later took on part Kripacharya later took part sorry now you know how hard it is to record without any mistakes Hare Krishna <laughs> Kripacharya later on took part in the battle of Kurukshetra and joined the party of Duryodhana Kripacharya helped kill Abhimanyu the father of Maharaj Prikshit but he was still held in esteem by the family of the Pandavas due to his being a, as great a brahmana as Dronacharya. When the Pandavas were sent to the forest after being defeated in the gambling match with Duryodhana, Duryodhana, Dhritarashtra entrusted the Pandavas to Kripacharya for guidance. After the end of the battle, Kripacharya again became a member of the royal assembly and he was called during the birth of Maharaj Prikshit for recitation of auspicious Vedic hymns to make the ceremony successful. Maharaj Yudhishthir, while quitting the palace 
for his great departure to, to the Himalayas, entrusted Kripacharya with Maharaj Pariksit as his disciple. And Yudhisthira left home satisfied because of Kripacharya's taking charge of Maharaj Pariksit. The great administrators, kings and emperors were always under the guidance of learned brahmanas like Kripacharya and thus were able to act properly in the discharge of political responsibilities. Text 14 mm. Upon the birth of a son, the king, who knew how, where, and when charity should be given, gave gold, land, villages, elephants, horses, and good food grains to the brahmanas. Purport Only the brahmanas and sannyasis are authorized to accept charity from the householders. In all the different occasions of sangskaras, especially during the time of birth, marriage, and death, wealth is distributed to the brahmanas because the brahmanas give the highest quality of service in regard to the prime necessity of humankind. The charity was substantial in the shape of gold, land, villages, horses, elephants, and food grains with other materials for cooking, complete foodstuff. The brahmanas were not, therefore, poor in the actual sense of the term. On the contrary, because they possessed gold, land, villages, horses, elephants, and sufficient grains, they had nothing to earn for themselves. They would simply devote themselves to the well-being of the entire society. The word tirtavit is significant because the king knew well where and when charity has to be given. Charity is never unproductive or blind. In the Shastras, charity was offered to persons who deserve to accept charity by dint of spiritual enlightenment. The so-called Daridra Narayana, a misconception of the Supreme Lord by unauthorized persons, is never to be found in the Shastras as, an, as, as the object of charity. Nor can a wretched poor man receive much munificent charity in the way of horses, elephants, land, and villages. The conclusion is that the intelligent men, or the brahmanas, specifically engaged in the service of the Lord, were properly maintained without anxiety for the needs of the body, and the king and other householders gladly looked after all their comforts. It is enjoined in the Shastras that as long as a child is joined with the mother by the umbilical cord, the child is considered to be one body with the mother. But, but that as soon as the cord is cut and the child is separated from the mother, the purificatory process of jata-karma should be performed. The administrative demigods and past forefathers of the family come to see a newborn newly born child, and such an occasion is specifically accepted as the proper time for distributing wealth to the right persons produ product productively for the spiritual advancement of society. Text 15 The learned brahmanas, who were very satisfied with the charities of the king, addressed him as the chief amongst the Purus and informed him that his son was certainly in the line of descent from the Purus. Text 16 The Brahmanas said, This spotless son has been restored by the all-powerful and all-pervasive Lord Vishnu, the Personality of Godhead, in order to oblige you. He was saved when he was doomed to be destroyed by an irresistible, supernatural weapon. Purport The child Parikshit was saved by the all-powerful and all-pervasive Vishnu, Lord Krishna, for two reasons. 
The first reason is that the child in the womb of his mother was spotless due to his being a pure devotee of the Lord. The second reason is that the child was the only surviving male descendant of Puru, the pious forefather of the virtuous king Yudhishthir. The Lord wanted to continue the line of pious kings to rule over the earth as his representatives for the actual progress of a peaceful and prosperous life. At the battle of Kurukshetra, everyone up to the next generation after Maharaj Yudhishthir was annihilated and there, was, there were none who could generate another son in the great royal family. Maharaj Prikshit, the son of Abhimanyu, was the only surviving heir apparent in the family. And by the irresistible supernatural Brahmastra weapon of Ashwatthama, he was threatened with annihilation. Lord Krishna is described herein as Vishnu, and this is also significant. Lord Krishna, the original personality of Godhead, does the work of protection and annihilation in his capacity of Vishnu. Lord Vishnu is the plenary expansion of Lord Krishna. The all-pervasive activities of the Lord are executed by him in his Vishnu feature. Child Parikshit is described here as spotlessly white because he is an unalloyed devotee of the Lord. Such unalloyed devotees of the Lord appear on the earth just to execute the mission of the Lord. The Lord desires the conditioned souls hovering in the material creation to be reclaimed to go back home, back to Godhead. And thus He helps them by preparing the transcendental literatures like the Vedas, by sending saints and sages as His missionaries, and by, and, and by deputing his representative, the spiritual master. Such transcendental literatures, missionaries, and representatives of the Lord, such transcendental literatures, missionaries, and representatives of the Lord are spotlessly white because the contamination of the material qualities cannot even touch them. They are always protected by the Lord when they are threatened with annihilation. Such foolish threats are made by the gross materialists. The Ramastra, which was thrown by Ashwatthama at the child Prikshit, was certainly supernaturally powerful and nothing of the material world could resist its force of penetration. But the all-powerful Lord, who was present everywhere, within and without, could counteract it by his all-powerful potency just to save a bona fide servant of the Lord and descendant of another devotee, Maharaj Yudhishthir, who was always obliged by the Lord by his causeless mercy. Text 17 <clears throat> For this reason, this child will be well known in the world as one who is protected by the personality of Godhead. O most, o most fortunate one, there is no doubt that this child will become a first-class devotee and will be qualified with all good qualities. Purport The Lord gives protection to all living beings because He is their supreme leader. The Vedic, hymns, the Vedic hymns confirm that the Lord is the supreme person amongst all personalities. The difference between the two living beings is that the one, the personality of Godhead, provides for all the other living beings. And only by knowing Him can one achieve eternal peace. Kata Upanishad Such protection is given by His different potencies to different grades of living beings. But as far as his unalloyed devotees are concerned, he gives the protection personally. Therefore, Maharaj Parikshit was protected from the very beginning of his appearance in the womb of his mother. 
And because he was especially given protection by the Lord, the indication must be concluded that the Lord would be a first that the child would be a first class first grade devotee of the Lord with all good qualities. There are three grades of devotees, namely the Mahabhagavata, Madhyama Adhikari, and the Kanishta Adhikaris. Those who go to the temples of the Lord and offer worshipful respect to the deity without sufficient knowledge in the theological science and therefore without any respect for the devotees of the Lord are called materialistic devotees or Kanishta Adhikari, the third grade devotees. Secondly, the devotees who have developed a mentality of genuine service to the Lord and who thus makes, make friendships only with similar devotees show favor to the neophytes and avoid the atheists are called the second grade devotees. But those who see everything in the Lord and everything of the Lord and also see in everything an eternal relation with the Lord so that there is nothing within their purview of sight except the Lord are called the Maha Bhagavatas or the first grade devotees of the Lord. Such first grade devotees of the Lord are perfect in all respects. A devotee who may be in any one of these categories is automatically qualified by all good qualities and thus a Mahabhagavata devotee like Maharaj Prikshit is certainly perfect in all respects. And because Maharaj Prikshit took his birth in the family of Maharaj Yudhishthir, Yudhishthir is addressed herein as the Mahabhaga or the greatest of the fortunate. The family in which a Mahabhagavata takes his birth is fortunate because due to the birth of a first grade devotee, the members of the family, past, present and future, up to 100 generations, become liberated by the grace of the Lord out of respect for his beloved devotee. Therefore the highest benefit is done to one's family simply by becoming an unalloyed devotee of the Lord. Shall we repeat that? Thank you. Therefore, the highest benefit is done to one's family simply by becoming an unalloyed devotee of the Lord. Text 18 <clears throat> The all-good Yudhishthir, the all-good king Yudhishthir inquired, O great souls, will he become as saintly a king, as pious in his very name, and as famous and glorified in his achievements, as others who appeared in this great royal family? PURPORT The forefathers of King Yudhishthir were all great saintly kings, pious and glorified by their great achievements. They were all saints, on the royal throne, and therefore all the members of the state were happy, pious, well-behaved, prosperous, and spiritually enlightened. Under strict guidance of the great souls and spiritual injunctions, such great saintly kings were trained up, and as a result the kingdom was full of saintly persons and was a happy land of spiritual life. Maharaj Yudhishthir was himself a replica of his ancestors and he desired that the next king after him become exactly like his great forefathers. He was happy to learn from the learned brahmanas that by astrological calculations the child had been born a first grade devotee of the Lord and now he wanted to know with confidence whether the child was going to follow in the footsteps of his great forefathers. That is the way of the monarchical, monarchical state. The reigning king should be a pious, chivalrous devotee of the Lord and fear personified for the upstarts. He must also leave an heir apparent equally qualified to rule over the innocent citizens 
in the modern setup of the democratic states, the people themselves are fallen to the qualities of the shudras or less, and the government is run by a representative of theirs who has not been trained according to the scriptural mode of administrative education. Thus, the whole atmosphere is surcharged with shudra qualities, manifested by lust and avarice. Such administrators quarrel every day among, among themselves. The cabinet of ministers changes often due to the party and group selfishness. Everyone wants to exploit the state resources till he dies. No one retires from political life unless forced to, unless forced to do so. How can such low-grade men do good to the people? The result is corruption, intrigue, and hypocrisy. They should learn from the Srimad Bhagavatam how ideal the administrators must be before they can be given charge of different posts. Text 19 The learned Brahmana said, O son of Prita, this child shall be exactly like King Ikshwaku, son of Manu, in maintaining all those who were born. And as for following the Brahminical principles, especially in being true to his promise, he shall be exactly like Rama, the personality of Godhead, the son of Maharaj Dasharat. <clears throat> Purport Praja means the living being who has taken his birth in the material world. Actually, the living being has no birth and no death, but because of his separation from the service of the Lord and due to his desire to lord it over material nature, he is offered a suitable body to satisfy his material desires. In doing so, one becomes conditioned by the laws of material nature and the material body is changed in terms of his own work. The living entity thus transmigrates from one body to another in 8,400,000 species of life. But due to his being the part and parcel of the Lord, he is not only maintained with all necessities of life by the Lord, but is also protected by the Lord and his representatives, the saintly kings. These saintly kings give protection to all the prajas, or living beings, to live and to fulfill their terms of imprisonment. Maharaj Pariksit was actually an ideal saintly king, because while touring his kingdom, he happened to see that a poor cow was about to be killed by the personified Kali, whom he at once took to task as a murderer. This means that even the animals were given protection by the saintly administrators, not from any sentimental point of view, but because those who have taken their birth in the material world have the right to live. All the saintly kings, beginning from the king of the sun globe down to the king of the earth, are so inclined by the influence of the Vedic literatures. The Vedic literatures are taught in higher planets also, and there is reference in the Bhagavad Gita 4.1 about the teachings to the sun god, Viviswan, by the Lord. And, as, and, as, and such lessons are transferred by disciplic succession as it was done by the sun god to his son Manu and from Manu to Maharaj Ikshwaku. There are 14 Manus in one day of Brahma, and the Manu referred to herein is the seventh Manu, who is one of the Prajapatis, those who create progeny. And he is the son of the sun god. He is known as the Vaivasvata Manu. He had ten sons, and Maharaj Ikshvaku is one of them. Maharaj Ikshvaku was also Maharaj Ikshvaku also learned bhakti yoga as taught 
in the Bhagavad Gita from his father, Manu, who got it from his father, the sun god. Later on, the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita came down by disciplic succession from Maharaj Ikshwaku. But in course of time, the chain was broken by unscrupulous persons, and therefore it again had to be taught to Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. So all the Vedic literatures are current from the very beginning of creation of the material world, and thus the Vedic literatures are known as Aupurusheya, not made by man. The Vedic knowledge was spoken by the Lord and first heard by Brahma, the first created living being within the universe. Maharajikshwaku, one of the sons of Vaivaswatamanu. He had 100 sons. He prohibited meat eating. <clears throat> His son, Shadashada, Shishada, became the next king after his death. Manu. <clears throat> the Manu mentioned in this verse <clears throat> is the father of Ikshwaku. Manu. The Manu mentioned in this verse as the father of Ikshwaku is the seventh Manu of the name Vaivaswata Manu, the son of the son of sun god Viviswan, to whom Lord Krishna instructed the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita prior to his teaching them to Arjuna. Mankind is the descendant of Manu. This Vaibhaswata Manu had ten sons named Ikshvaku, Nabhaga, Drishta, Shayati, Narishanta, Nabhaga, Dishta, Kurusha, Prishadra, and Vasuman. The Lord's incarnation, Matsu, the gigantic fish, the Lord's incarnation, Matsya, the gigantic fish, admitted himself during the beginning of Vaivaswatamanu's reign. Vaivaswatamanu learned the principles of the Bhagavad Gita from his father, Vivaswan, the sun god and he re-instructed the same to his son, Ikshwaku. In the beginning of the Treta Yuga, the sun god instructed devotional service to Manu, and Manu in his turn instructed it to Ikshwaku for the welfare of the whole human society. Lord Rama In the Treta Yuga, the Supreme Personality of Godhead incarnated Himself as Sri Rama, accepting His Father, His pure devotee, Maharaj Dasharad, the King of Ayodhya. Lord Rama descended along with His plenary portions, and all of them appeared as His younger brothers. In the month of Chaitra, on the ninth day of the growing moon, the Lord appeared, as usual, to establish the principles of religion and to annihilate the disturbing elements. When he was a young boy, he helped the great sage, Vishwamrita, by striking Maricha and killing Subahu and his she-demon, <clears throat> all of whom had been disturbing the sages in their daily discharge of duties. The brahmanas and kshatriyas are meant to cooperate for the welfare of the mass of people. The brahmana sages endeavor to enlighten the people by perfect knowledge, and the kshatriyas were meant for their protection. Lord Ramachandra is the ideal king for maintaining and protecting the highest culture of humanity, known as Brahmanya Dharma. The Lord is specifically the protector of the cows, and the brahmanas, and hence he enhances the prosperity of the world. Through the agency of Vishwamrita, he was rewarded by the administrative demigods with effective weapons to conquer the demons. He was presented, uh, he was present in the bow sacrifice of King Janaka, 
and by breaking the invincible bow of Shiva, he married Sita Devi, daughter of Maharaj Janaka. After his marriage, he accepted exile in the forest for 14 years by the order of his father, Maharaj Dasharath. To help the administration of the demigods, he killed 14,000 demons, and by the intrigues of his demons, of the demons, his wife Sita Devi was kidnapped by Ravana. He made friendship with Sugriva, who was helped by the Lord to kill Bali, brother of Sugriva. By the help of Lord Rama, Sugriva became the king of the Vanaras, a race of gorillas. The Lord built a floating bridge of stones on the Indian Ocean and reached Lanka, the kingdom of Ravana, who had kidnapped Sita. Later on, Ravana was killed by him and Ravana's brother, Bibhishana, was installed on the throne of Lanka. Bibhishana was one of the brothers of Ravana, a demon, but Lord Rama made him immortal by his blessings. On the expiry of fourteen years, after settling the affairs at Lanka, the Lord came back to his kingdom, Ayodhya, by flower plain. He instructed his brother, Shatrugna, to attack Lavanasura, who reigned at Mathura, and the demon was killed. He performed ten Ashwamedha sacrifices, and later on he disappeared while taking a bath in the Sarayu River. The great epic Ramayana is the history of Lord Rama's activities in the world, and the authoritative Ramayana was written by the great poet Valmiki. Jai Sri Ram Ki Jai Sri Ram Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai I didn't remember how long that purport was so we're a little late but we're going to stop here and we'll start tomorrow at text 20 and we'll ask the assembled sages to please step forward and give their uh, reflections on what they've just heard such a nice outline of how human society is supposed to act under real leadership. Hare Krishna. First is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devi Dasi, you made it to the front again. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna dear Maharaj. Hare Krishna. <laughs> and uh, Sri Devi Dasi says Hare Krishna. Hare Maharaj. Krishna, Sri Devi Dasi. Hare Bo. From Rati Manjari. Hare Bo Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Diligence in action. Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Hare Bo Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the topmost shastra to hear for development of human life. Mm. Through hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, we are learning how these transcendental Vedic, this transcendental Vedic knowledge is coming down through the great Tisithic succession. Thank you so much for becoming for becoming me a part of here of this purificatory system Hare Krishna well you you're you're deserving Anandamurti the way you are going out and distributing books the way you're helping to uh, translate and edit the new uh, Japanese uh, Bhagavad Gita and the Bhagavatam um, these are all very dear services to Prabhupada. So all the auspiciousness that is coming into your life is well deserved by your personal endeavor. Hare Krishna. And the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, previous Acharyas, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Hare Krishna. There's another comment from Kopakanya. Mm-hmm. 
Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. <coughs> Maharaj, yesterday I couldn't follow the live reading service of yours, but today at work I made up and listened to the class. At the end of readings, you had commented and glorified the pastimes of the Lord and dear Srila Prabhupada's purports. Such a transcendental pastime and transcendentally pleasing words, all poetic trailing phrases of Srila Prabhupada. Hmm. So let's pray that our hearts will become softened by hearing to the point at which we can hear, really hear and feel our love for Krishna be awakened at every moment. Though I was at work, I got so jubilant and happy and I prayed to the picture of Jagannath on my table again and again thanking him for sending Srila Prabhupada and making us available through his books with all simplified, magnified, and purified transcendental commentaries. Whoa! And your everyday pure, sincere, and loving transcendental reading service is anywhere and everywhere, Maharaj, via Facebook and YouTube. As you said, we just have to give our ears to hear and all purificatory processes of our existence start. Amazing, I am realizing the importance of hearing is, of course, from the right sources and from the right persons. The glorious Srimad Bhagavatam by Mahabhagavat person like you. All glories to you, dear Maharaj. We all are eternally indebted to you. Thank you. Wow, Gopakanya, you've been saving that up for months and months, if not years. What a reflection. Thank you so much for giving that wonderful re reflection and an example of someone who was actually hearing, actually assimilating what they're hearing and able to explain it so nicely. That was very beautiful. And I'm sure all the devotees present are feeling the same. Thank you again, Hare Krishna. You kind of came out of hiding and let us know who you were, who you are, Hare Krishna. Of course, we all know who you are because you're always there and you're always very, very dutiful and, and exemplary. And, but this reflection you just gave was very special. Hare Krishna, thank you again. Vilas Manjari. Haribol Vilas Manjari. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Quote, the highest benefit is done to one's family simply by becoming an unalloyed devotee. <laughs> right. Unquote. This is so encouraging and takes so much pressure off us. Instead of trying to change or convince our families, if we just focus on developing unalloyed devotional service, our families benefit. I'd like to give testament here that even though I'm just trying to be a devotee, wonderful and auspicious things happened at my father's death, and I really felt that Krishna is taking care of everything. Yes. I have that personal experience as well with my mother. Thank you. And from Vrajaloka. Haribo Vrajaloka. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to you and all the assembled devotees. Thank you for today's reading. In the commentary to verse 13, we read about Kripacharya as an excellent Brahmana. What was interesting to me about him was that Yudhishthira Maharaj, despite Kripacharya fighting against them and being involved in the killing of Parikshit, Maharaja's father continued to have deep respect and trust in him and entrusted Parikshit Maharaj to him. I often discover in myself that when a respectable person does something inappropriate or something that is not favorable to me in some respect, it is difficult for me to respect him properly. Can you give us some guidance on how to think properly in these situations? and how we can develop the capacity to forgive. Thank you very much, your servant. Well, it's a process, and 
my realization is that Krishna gives us the gateway to begin that process in the Bhagavad Gita, in many, many verses, but particularly the one verse that follows Tadvidi Panipatena, because there it describes that the self-realized souls can impart knowledge unto you because they've seen the truth just as Srila Prabhupada has done for us. Um, so the next verse says that when you've received that knowledge, when you mean receives means when you've actually uh, accepted it, embraced it, and begun to uh, apply it into our daily lives, then we will not fall into illusion again, even though superficially it may appear that we have slips when we're still immature. But the reason that we won't fall into illusion again, Krishna says, is that we will see that all living beings are but part and parcel of the Supreme, or in other words, as Krishna says, they are mine. So this is the beginning of being able to learn how to treat people properly, to being able to forgive them for transgressions and so many things. Because all of us are actually parts and parcels of Krishna. In other words, we're all Krishna's family members. All of us. He's the seed-giving father of all living beings. So this is not just some information content that we put in our brain and remember. It's, it's actually the truth that we are all members of Krishna's family. And so if we see people like that, then when we need to forgive somebody, it will be so much easier. Because if we, if we love Krishna, and even if we don't have pure love for Krishna, we're trying to feel affection for Krishna, we're trying to love Krishna, then you always... When you, when you love someone, you always love those who are dear to the, that person. And because everyone is dear to Krishna, because he is the seed-giving father of everyone and the friend of everyone, then we should always be friendly to everyone. So this is the seed of the basis, or the, the, the basics that we have to assimilate before we go forward into all the, el the relishable details of how to refine our activities in this world. And that is to see the, the living beings as part of Krishna's family and therefore par part of our family. It's not easy, especially in this Kali Yuga when everyone's at each other's throats for one reason or another. But this is real knowledge. So we have to assimilate this knowledge This is what Krishna wants. This is, this is real devotee care. To care about every devotee particularly because devotees are particularly dear to him as he says in the Bhagavad Gita again. Ye bhajanti damam bhaktya those who approach him with affection, he's very dear to them and they're very dear to him. So particularly the devotees. We need to see them as our family members and therefore treat them with great respect and, and affection. Hare Krishna. Gopakanya says, I always pray for your healthy and long life. Whoa, that was potent. At least keep me in my body by your prayers until I can finish recording the Bhagavatam <laughs> for the BBT. <laughs> nice, thanks. I'll take that any day. From Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai Ho.
indeed quite a difference tonight hearing about true human society. Mm. I appreciated Srila Prabhupada's very accurate analysis of today's self-aggrandizing politicians. Mm. It sadly is completely as it is. Yes, Srila Prabhupada did it, you know, he did it sugar the pill you know he gave the, he gave the, the medicine as it is it's up to us to take it properly it's our duty Hare Krishna thank you from Vijay Krishna Das Jai Vijay Krishna if the living being is controlled by the laws of nature my question is, is it possible for the living being to get out of this control? How? Tatpavit tu mahabaho guna karma vibhagyoho guna guneshyavartanta itimatva nasajjate This is in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. I think it's the 28th verse, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, one has to receive knowledge from transcendental sources. Transcendental sources means sources that are outside of the purview of the normal actions and reactions of the material world. And when we get that knowledge and we actually receive it and apply it, assimilate it, then we get the ability, as the verse says, to see the difference between sense gratification and devotional service, and therefore choose devotional service. Hare Krishna. A comment from Kiriraj Swami. Kiriraj Swami, I offer my humble obeisances to you. How wonderful to know that you're even to even know that you're listening, Hare Krishna. He says, "Try all glories to Sri the Prabhupada, all glories to your service." Maharaj, all glories to your service. I'm feeling separation, and now I want to immediately call you on the phone. It's not practical at the moment, but I I've been feeling separation for quite some time, and I'm going to call you and disturb your life again. Hare Krishna. <laughs> from Daitari Hari. Daitari Hari. That was a that was a gem. Mm -hmm. That was a gem. Oh Maharaj, Hare Krishna. I've just been listening to the last days of nineteen seventy seven. And I hear your voice so much and I hear the faith, trust that Prabhupada had in you because of your honesty and your sincerity and your loyalty in pure devotional service. Hare Krishna. Thank you for being my friend. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks for reading again tonight. I know it's not the main thing we heard tonight, but I really like the point we read in the beginning. Astrology is a great science. Misuse of a thing does not make that thing useless. Very eloquently spoken. Yes, but as Prabhupada said, even towards the end he was trying to get some, he had a dream. He had a dream that there was a, well, it wasn't an astrologer exactly, but it was a Vaidya from the Ramanuja Sampradaya, and he was giving him Margatwaj, a very high-end uh, medicine. And he was, from that time on, he was looking for that, you know, Kaviraj from Ramanuja Charya, who should, could give him the Margatwaj. So... But but the, but we should take it seriously that comment that misuse of so something does not make it useless. But when it is being misused, 
it is useless. We should always remember that point because that's the barb at the end of his statement. It means that astrology is real. It's a Vedic science. It's a divinatory science, actually. But the number of personalities who are capable of uh, performing that uh, science uh, is very, very small. Very small. And we, it's not something that you can learn yourself from a computer. Now they have these computers that generate all the, the information for you and even give you sometimes readings. But, uh, yeah, Prabhupada didn't take much stock in it because there's very few actually learned astrologers. But one of them, at, at his birth, told, said, that he would leave India at 70 years old and establish 100 centers all over the world. And that's exactly what happened to the, to the number. So therefore, yes, it's real, but you have to be. You have to have a guru. You have to be in parampara. You have to do the, sad, uh, the sadhana, the different sadhanas you have to do to execute that science properly, that Vedic science. It's like every other subject in the Vedic literatures. You have to have guru. You have to be strict in your sadhana. You have to be a surrendered soul. Hare Krishna. A question from Vilas Manjari? Yes, Vilas Manjari. I have a question about this. Quote, the administrative demigods and past forefathers of the family come to see a newly born child. Unquote. How is it that past forefathers can come if they have taken birth themselves elsewhere? Does this assume only if they are liberated? We hear about Pitri Loka and Bhagavad Gita. How is it that forefathers can come at important times in a descendant's life? Only, only very elevated. It's not, this is not a general law. This is not a general law. It takes very special personalities to be able to do this. These dynasties that are being talked about here, they're not ordinary persons, and they have longer lives. You know, the descendants of these personalities are st were still living. In some cases. And sometimes forefathers means people who are in their line of siblic succession would come. Not necessarily all of them. That's as far as I can go answering that question. It's not completely clear, you know, how many, what forefathers, whether they, they have gone to other bodies or not. But, but it's a fact from what we just heard that these dynasties were very strict and they were very careful. You know, like the, the semen of, of uh, can't remember the name of the, can't remember his name, but he was... Anyway, then, then these two ch children were born. And then Shantanu Maharaj took them because they were in the forest, abandoned. And he took them and raised them, Kripachari and Kripi. So these are not ordinary personalities. We shouldn't, we shouldn't put this into an ordinary context. Hare Krishna. Another comment from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Tonight's shocker for me, too, was that Kripacharya helped to kill Abhimanyu, but still the education of Abhimanyu's son, Maharaj Parikshit, was entrusted to him. How magnanimous the Pandavas were. Yeah, well, I, another reason is to think that is because only a few people survived. You know? And on the Pandava side, 
I mean, I can't remember everybody, but I know Satyaki survived. And uh, Kripacharya from the other side, I don't know of anybody else. So that means they were very special personalities in the pastimes of the Lord, Hare Krishna. Visarada Radhadasi. Visarada Radhadasi Hare Krishna. She says all glories to Giriraj Maharaj and Keshava Bharti Maharaj. <laughs> I feel honored to be in the same sentence. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And again from Vajaloka. Yes, Vajaloka. Thank you very much for your nice answer. When you explain these teachings, everything seems so clear and simple, and it is so refreshing and purifying to hear you speak on these over and over, day by day, again. Thank you so much for your care. Your daily reading is the best devotee care. <laughs> Did you hear that one? Yeah, we got. We heard that one. Okay, I'll send that to Radharaman. If he's, if you, if you, you probably will listen to it, Radharaman. But that was a pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, comment by Raja Loka about what that devotee care is, Hare Krishna. And now we have to go. Are there any more reflections? That was it, timely, I thought. This was the end. I am overwhelmed, actually, by the depth of reflections. And to me, this is uh, clear evidence of the effect of hearing Srila Prabhupada's books directly um, day after day, again and again and again. Uh, the knowledge really does sink in, even if we're not scholars. I'm not a scholar, not a learned scholar, but I've developed a taste somehow or other from the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. I have a taste for reading these books. And um, yes, and, and that was such evidence. The reflections tonight were such evidence of the effect that repeated hearing of Shiva Prabhupada books has on the consciousness. And this is what Prabhupada told us. This is what he wanted. And so I'm thankful to all of you who give these reflections every night. And they're just getting better and better. Uh, Jai Sri just sent me a message she was saying, because she, she doesn't come live, but she always reads, you know, every, hears every, uh, every session. And she said, recently they're getting sweeter and sweeter by the day. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada said, and I heard him say in my own ears, just continue to discuss Srimad Bhagavatam among yourselves and everything will remain clear. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Thank you very much. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. The ever expanding bliss of hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam together with like-minded devotees. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.